everybody to the Saint Seiya Cosmocast. I'm your host Ramses, and with your with me today is Jackie. Hello, hello, hello. Hope you all had a great Thanksgiving. If you celebrate it, or if you do not, I hope you had some fun shopping, found some good deals. There's still Cyber Monday left. And also, we got here Ben Hus. Good day to you all. As you can tell, we're all <laughs> <laughs> one way or another. All of us kind of got kind of got some kind of had something happen to us. So, if if like if you if we're not at one hundred percent, we're sorry. But you know, just like at least we at least we started analyzing what we're, what we're going to be doing this week. It's like okay, we can at least like knock us out of the park at least quick enough where we can go back to bed or, or re- go back to recover. So, um, so yeah, I mean, don't worry about us. You know, like you know, um, we'll we'll be fine. Like, but like I said, like, you know, it's at least we're, well, you know, we'll at least get this out because, like, at least it's going to be quick enough, at least. So let's not waste any more time. Let's let, let us get started here with the news here, really quick, which is, uh, what you guys want to start off first? You guys want to talk about very expensive toys? Or you want to talk extremely expensive toys? Toys, toys in general? Or you guys want to talk about comic books? I think we should begin with the comics and then start going from the lowest to the highest price range of toys. <laughs> Alrighty then. Okay, so we finally got so we so we finally got listings for issue five of Time Odyssey. Time Odyssey number five will be released in February of two thousand twenty four. We got uh, returning back from returning back from from doing the covers is is Chris Lee, and doing a new cover is uh, Pascal Pintaro. Pascal Pintaro has worked on comic books such as um, I believe they worked on the X Men. I believe too they worked on Punisher. And you know, so they so they have a couple so they have a couple of years of work underneath their belt for like the, for doing stuff as well. Uh, it's really cool that you know um, that, that that you know Ablaze is still continuing their um, this the Ablaze is still continuing their their, uh, their commitment their, commitment to making more Saint Seiya stuff. And yeah, really happy. I'm really happy that they're that they're doing all this. So, any thoughts on it, Jackie? I need to see the card. I don't remember if I. See- Saw it or not? So maybe with that. Uh, but interesting, yay! I guess one of the comics is coming out in my birthday month. Maybe even my birthday day, perhaps. <laughs> I need to actually get catch up on that. But if that's definitely gonna be one of my goals during the break, because I know I'm one of the ones behind with Time Odyssey. Um, we, we, we both are. We both are. But I'm glad that the you know it, the they're tracking along with it. You know, like it seems to me like they kind of got the lace release in the books, but it seems like they're back in track. So I hope they can keep it up. Yeah, it, it seems like what I seen what ended up happening was like they had like a, like a like a brief period where they were like not. Um, where I think they had a delay in publishing the first couple of issues. Yeah. But now that they kind of already got those growing pains out of the way, it's like now they're kind of like they're kind of going full speed at it. And I think too, it's a good. I think it was kind of like I think it was. I don't know if it was an intentional like them taking a break because mm-hmm. it seems like they're more in line with what's being released in um, in France as well. So it's really. So I think, so I'm pretty sure either one way or another they they um they, they must have um it was a mandate for them to or something. So I got here an official listing of some of the stuff that the. Pascal uh, Pascal Quintara has worked on. He's worked on Robotech. He's worked on Doctor Who. He's worked on um, She-Hulk, um, Gargoyles, um, a lot of a lot of DC stuff as a cover artist. Uh, Vampirella, and yeah, he, this guy's done this guy's done a lot of work, and he's also done like a lot of anime themed um, um, comic books as well, like an anime themed images as well. So 
this this guy has this guy has done a lot of like work for for, uh, for a lot of for, uh, like a lot of publishers and also like a lot various different themes as well. So yeah. So uh, but your thoughts uh, your thoughts on Binkas? I'm happy to see that uh, Blaze uh, not only is it continuing the the rest of the issues for the publishing of Time Odyssey, but the fact that also they they continue with the commitment of getting very talented artists, the very talented American artists that are giving their own take on the Saint Seiya franchise to give something unique that people like ourselves that love to either collect or to at the very least just appreciate uh well the franchise seen through different eyes uh to, to get the, these things because i think that the in my opinion the thing that makes the american edition so special or the ablaze edition to be more specific is that the precisely that the fact that the variant covers not only are we getting the story in english but the fact that those covers make it something to be coveted for internationally so i'm happy to see that they are continued to get people that make fantastic art and to see those characters that we know and love through different lenses. Yeah, and like I said, like you know, this this like, I'm looking I'm looking through this guy's Twitter. And he was the guy is just like talking about like he's he's extremely elated to be doing this this project. You can tell um, he's like you know, well, first of all, he's actually following us, so you know, props to you. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> and also, too, it's like he posted a couple of images, a couple like actually a couple of days ago. Oh, uh, like just high, the extremely high res images of, of of his of his of his cover artwork, and you can tell like the love that he puts into his characters, because he's like, I am so proud to be doing this. Like, here's how like everything in extreme detail. It's like, that's oh. really cool. That is really cool that, he, that that he's showing this off. Yeah. And I believe the like, start. I think starting this point, either issue four, or issue issue four, or this issue, we're gonna start going into book two. So. Yeah, yeah so I was like, wondering about that. So would then issue five will be the last for book one, if you will. I believe so, or I don't know. Like, yeah, like, yeah, I think so. I think they announced that with the uh, Blaze edition, it would be like five ball, uh, five uh, editions per volume. So hmm. volume one, five numbers, then volume two, another five. So, so volume two theoretically should be six to ten. Right. So, but there is one thing that kind of, that's kind of a, that I'm like, and I'm, I'm like, I don't know how I like, I don't, like, what is this character? And, like, and I'm wondering like, what's gonna happen with this character? Just care that they showed off in the images. I, like I don't, I don't think it was a wise idea for them to show the, show this off, show off this character. I don't know if it's a spoiler or not. She <laughs> kind of reminds me of Angela from like Spawn. And okay, now so I had seen it. Yeah, see, that's how out of it I am. So, okay, so actually, that's the cover that I like the most. She's gorgeous. Yeah, that. Uh, I mean, I don't know who she is. I mean, without context, but I like her. <laughs> oh yeah, like I said, she's giving us. She's giving off. Uh, she's giving off Angela vibes from like well. Originally, she was from Spawn, but because of all the Neil Gaiman's, because she was a Neil Gaiman creation, she uh, she ended up like she ended up ending going back to the hands of her, of Neil Gaiman and Neil Gaiman's like uh, Marvel. Do you guys want them, Kella? And now she's like apparently Thor's sister. So it's like there you go. Oh. Comic books are weird. Yep. <laughs> but yeah, she gives off like really like really crazy like Angela vibes. And um, but I mean, you know, and, and here's the it's it, it's a very tasteful Angela. It's not like Angela where she's like practically wearing nothing. It's like I think it's because the wings of the mask. That that's why I'm getting those vibes, and I want to know more. Um, so, but yeah, your thoughts on on that on that image, Jill Uh Well, I suppose I it, 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 like it's weird because <laughs> one of the jokes that has been a little bit uh, common when it comes to time Odyssey is that uh, uh, Jerome uh, has shared 
perhaps way much than more than he should regarding the story that happened with the first uh, volume as well. But uh, I, I haven't read volume two. I've read volume one, but uh, I'm intrigued to see. And I'm not going to spoil because I think I know it, where the allegiances of, of the of the character belong to. Uh, I'm not going to spoil that. All I'll say is it'll be interesting to see how that character falls into this story, considering how the story is in itself is being developed. Okay, so it is some so it is someone that we know, but like you have to be reading more in advance. Okay, all right. Well, I I figured it was one of those situations where like you had to like been reading because like why would they put this character in the cover so prominently? Well, it was like like again, I, I think for those of for those of us who are like reading the books book by book by the English versions, I think this is like, it's like we're wondering who the heck this is. But I think all of you guys who like who are kind of already more far, farther ahead in with with the, the French with the French books. I'm pretty sure, like, ha you guys, you guys, you guys, you guys, you guys gonna wait for, you guys won't believe this guy you're gonna be introducing. But um, I get that any, feeling too. Yeah. But any final thoughts, Jackie? No, because I'm like now I'm more interested now that I remember that 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 one was one of the covers for Baloo. So mm-hmm. I need to get ca- caught up. But um, I probably you know whenever it comes around. I have to come around and say, yeah, I probably will try to pick up that ball. It reminds me I need to check with my local comic book chain here where I live, see if they are actually carrying these. Because I didn't see it on their website. Mm-hmm. So it's one of those. But yeah. Final thoughts. Final th- oh, sorry. Final thoughts, Benkos. Uh Excited to see uh, where uh, Jerome uh, is going to take us with this story. And All right. To see the, the great work that Ablaze is doing with it. All right. Um, next bit of news is I think this we can lump this all all together in the same thing, but let's let's do let's talk about this first. I just remembered. All right, this is also part of the news as well. Uh, we got a trailer for Night of the Zodiac uh, season, uh, season three, the oh, CGI yeah. show. Um, <laughs> we got to see a lot more stuff. We finally got to see Car- We got to see. Um, we finally got to see Shira because, like, mysteriously, we never we have not seen Shira yet. We've seen everybody else but Shira, and like you know, it pretty much it's, it seems like we're going to be go like like seems that they're going to be just traversing all throughout the rest of the twelve houses arc. Um, we also saw a mysterious new character, which well, everybody's wondering what the heck this character is. I'm wondering it too, so it's like I so it's like I have I I I, I want to know what what's going on with that character. But let's go on to some thoughts. Yeah. Well, yeah, I'm excited that they finally announced that. Although everybody was wondering what was gonna, what was the big mystery with the voice actors um, making those promo videos for um, the the Machinations event, and then it was the the CGI. I mean, there were all sorts of cases going around. But the biggest mystery of all now is, of course, who is our mystery girl? And if I recall, she was like in some kind of uh, like. I guess like um, what would well, how would you describe a room with like a lot of monitors and stuff, <laughs> like some kind of command center thing? So I'm, I'm just wondering like, what is she? Who is she working with or for or against and so on? It's anyone's guess at this point because we just saw that one shot and it just flashes by so quick. But I guess we'll find out. I just hope that they're not going to, to come up with something weird like. Um, the whole—I mean, the story of Garot, the Garot Foundation—has been strange enough as it is. So, I don't know. I'm kind of worried, but curious as to what's gonna happen. Nicholas, your thoughts? Mm, 
Okay, first of all, like I am excited to see how they decide to conclude this part of the story because obviously we know exactly where we're going. We know that we they're supposed to finish the sanctuary arc. However, uh, the the thing that it caught my attention is actually the very first scene of the like I want to see how much of the original source material they respect and they're able to add because I immediately caught up a scene that it's exclusive to the manga that scene where they are all where the they were where Seiya Shiryu Hyoga and Sean are like they are extending their arms and holding like holding hands and making a promise on on the temple of Sagittarius that's directly taken from the manga so mm. I'm kind of excited to see what else they they pay homage to but at the same time, and, and also very, very curious to see who this new character is supposed to be, considering that they're trying to apply some of their own original ideas into the show. But at the same time, I am, how to put it, I am uh, uh, optimistic but wary at the same time, because even though this, the previous season was very good in comparison to what the, the, the trash fire that the first season was, it still had a lot of things that made it very weak overall and like that had mostly to do with writing like it was a combination of good ideas bad executions so i'm kind of worried that will be the same here for this season but we'll just have to wait and see what what ends up happening all i'll say is that at the very least i'm interested to see where they take this all although i am curious to see about about that new character i just hope that they don't do something stupid because they're already kind of um trying to i don't know dance around the fact that female saints uh, uh, should should wear a mask and this character kind of has one but at the same time she doesn't so it's like uh, let's see what what they do with this yeah i'm hearing theories all over the place as to what the, what they mean what that character is and the thing is you bring up a good point but if i do like the fact that like they really are um you really are um, um really focusing a lot to make make it more in line with the manga but at the same time too um yeah, it's like they, they like it, it feels like they like I feel like like they, the way they write uh, the the way they wrote the, the series it feels like sometimes the, the biggest problem is like they kind of wrote themselves too many too many times to a wall and now they kind of had to address a lot of those issues and like that's I think where where I think the biggest issues is is like you know them having to to retread stuff that's like I don't think it's necessary for them to retread but unfortunately that's that's um that's uh that's something that they really cannot fix because like it's something that that unfortunately was was written hard was hardwired in the writing like there is no other way they could have pulled a lot of the stuff up that they did but yeah. regardless it looks like, like i said like if there's one thing i was really excited if there's one thing i was really happy about uh, this this year earlier this year was watching the series and seeing people's reactions about like how it was very very um how it was improves vastly from the from the last from the last series it was the first Netflix, um, first Netflix season. So um, I'm, I'm really happy that we're getting that we're going to get more. Obviously, we're going to be getting more, and I'm also really happy the fact that they're also like, you know, that they, they have that that they kind of, you know, I'm just happy that they're finally finishing this off. And like, if if this is going to be the last hurrah, like if this if they're sitting in right there, then I think they're ending at a good at a good spot. And we're going to continue with Poseidon, who knows, or whatever else they have planned. If they got something else planned, well. Let's see what let's see what they got. And like we we just got we just got over being we just got over um we just we just saw we just went through Asgard and like you know this, there, there's some there's a lot of misses in, in Asgard, but if they want to try something new again, you know. But, but you know let, let's see what you can do. Like it's like you know the the bar is not that far. The the bar if you want to do something original is not that you know not that far up. It's it's up there, but you can, but I'm pretty sure it's doable if you know what you're doing. Um, any final thoughts, Jackie? So 
actually wondering what are some of your theories as to who our mystery girl is. Mine? Um, hey, I want to play all my cards correctly, but like, uh, so I'm, like I'm one. No, I was just gonna read anything. It's valid because we only have one single screenshot. I mean, looking at it right now, we just see a girl with brown eyes. She's now see so she's in a room that's has like a, like she looks like she's at a desk and there's a lot of books in the back and that's it. Hmm. I want to say she must be related to Gerard in some way, shape, or form, but I don't want to say that because well, I, I could all like I don't want like. You're not saying like this doesn't mean it's solid. It's just what are your okay? If you want to say wall guesses, wall guesses, because there's really no way anybody could know at this point. Yeah, I think it's it has something to do with Gerard, or I just kind of uh, kind of thought it, it, um, it's a thesis. I want to say it's going to be her, but who knows? You say who did this? No, uh, what's her face from the from, from Poseidon? That is. Oh uh, yeah. That is. Yeah, that is. Okay, I mean, I thought about that too. I was thinking maybe this is supposed to be the female guard or something, or if it's that this, she could be under a disguise, who knows. She has her eye covered, but again, that could all be a disguise. What do you think, Bankus? I really don't know. I, I never make theories, because I, I am the type of guy that prefers to react to what they actually do, rather than speculate on my head what could actually be. The Though the things, the thoughts that have popped in my mind is that uh, this is going to be, I'm sure it's going to be controversial one way or another, because the only, even though it's not specified where the hell this person is, considering the books and stuff, it's most, she's most likely in the, in Star Hill. Which it's already in itself kind of like a, a contradiction because supposedly no, absolutely nobody but the Pope is is allowed to be there in, in the story. So if that's the case, that's already going to be controversial. Uh, that's uh, pretty much the, the farthest thing that I'm going to venture for in, in guessing that it probably has something to do with the Pope in one way or another, or at the very least with Star Hill. That's an interesting one because I didn't even think about that being Star Hill. It is so. Uh... That's what I was thinking too. I was, I was thinking it was maybe something connected to Star Hill or something connected to the sanctuary or something connected. Because it just seems like it seems like that's what they're that's what they're going for. But like I also think too, it's like like again, I I'm I'm thinking because of the, because of all this, it's like maybe it has something to either do with Gerard or something to do with Poseidon. So it's like either going to be Thesis or it's going to be Gerard. But we do know for a fact Gerard is in the show because like he is there as a as a male. But who knows? Maybe he might. Maybe it might be the ex. Maybe it might be the wife. Maybe it might be one of her daughters that we didn't know. Who knows? <laughs> yeah, so well, Eugene's son still as a staff member, so like it's not uh, completely <laughs> far off speculation. <laughs> well, let's see what happens in what probably March, April. Who knows? Maybe we'll I, have an answer. That was maybe. Gonna be my next, that was going to be my next, my last question to you guys. Was when you think this is going to come out? Jackie, you, wanna, you, wanna take, you guys want to take a stab, Jackie? March, April. Okay, Jackie, you want to take a stab? Uh just for the sake of uh, different, I say that it'll come somewhere between May and June. I say January because that's when we got. That's when we got the. That, I say like late, very late January. We're gonna get be getting just like how we got it last year. We got it around January. I forgot yep. it already. Yeah, we got a very like the last week of January. That's when we got it, and that's usually when like, the anime season starts in like Japan. So, huh? True. But, like, so it's like that. That I, that's my theory. But um, your your final thoughts on on anything else on this on this um thing, us? Uh, not for now. Uh, all I'll say is that I'm intrigued. Let's just hope that they they are able to stick the landing. All right. <laughs> yeah. All righty then. 
we got so we're gonna talk about so let's talk about the, let's talk about the first one you you tell you told us about Frank Castle. I think this is I think we can get this we can get this out of the way really quick because I think this one would require us to um because like th- this is the one I was like look I don't think like I don't, I don't think any of us is gonna be that um I don't think any of us is distancing just just yet to like to um to get this or look but you're talking about a figure from Sume Art ah uh, yes. I, and I believe what, it's just 57 centimeters by 57. It says 57 by 57, but with a with with a height of 90 centimeters. Um, that's a pretty sizable figure. Probably like, um, that's a five. That's like five feet tall. No, no, yeah, no, no. I'm looking at there's a guy right here. It's like it's like that's three feet tall. That's like three feet tall figure with LEDs. It's Seiya. And what's it has a really cool design because you can see the sanctuary in the bottom, and also you can see like the like the like he, like the like the like a glowing Pegasus like spirit around him, which is also LED, which is also LED um uh, uh, activation with like the also you can see the cloth as well, and yeah, it, 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 in the bottom of it like the, the actual base is actually the san- the, the sanctuary where you can see all twelve houses, and it's really detailed, really good, but it's like the. Um, Oh wow, that's, that's even more insane! Like the let me tell you how insane the details are. You can see the houses, and inside the houses, you can see the the um, you, you can see the objects forms of all the, of all the cloths of the of all the saints of all the gold saints. That figure is completely and utterly insane. Well, it's not that's not really a figure; it's a bust. I mean, I suppose it falls under that category, right? It's a collectible. But yeah, it's a bust of Seiya, and it has the sanctuary on it. Like, he's standing on top of the sanctuary. It looks absolutely gorgeous and fantastic. It's one of those things that any, I think any person that is a fan of this franchise would absolutely love to have in their possession. But there is a very big bot around it, unfortunately. Does anybody is- have the... Does anybody have three thousand? Does anybody have three? Does anybody have three K? They want to like. Does anybody have three K in American uh, American dollars? They want to like throw away at it. Yeah. That's how much. That's how much. That's how much it is, ladies and gentlemen. It, it is. It's, uh, it, it's two. It's two thousand eight hundred twenty-three dollars and fifty-nine cents after the conversion from euros to to, to U.S. It's twenty-five. It's twenty-six. It's essentially twenty-six thousand. It's twenty-six hundred. Uh, twenty-six hundred euros. But the conversion to the conversion to to the to the to American dollar is twenty eight. It's like twenty nine. Um, I'll just round it out to like thirty, to like three, uh, to th- a, a cool three thousand dollars. Uh, yeah, three thousand dollars. You know, you can. Do put- you have a link to this, sorry? Yes, uh, yes, I actually posted on it. Let me. I will also throw it your way too if you do. Thank you. Yeah, it's a it is a it is a beautiful statue. But like I said, like it. The size, the material, and everything, because of the size, the material, and also oh, like what's one. inside of it. I'll say this, it definitely looks that it's worth the $3,000, but again, it's $3,000. When I saw the figure, I was like, oh, this looks gorgeous. I'm sure it's going to be expensive, but let's take a la- <laughs> No, I don't, I don't have $3,000 to spend right it's now. Not uh... <laughs> you could. Beautiful, but no. Yeah, it's beautiful, I'm just like... Yeah, I'm looking at this and like, oh man, it's so good. But at the same time, too, it's just like, I, I, I wish this was, um, I, I wish this was, uh, I, I wish this was like, uh, like a third of the size of all the electronics, and I can get it for like maybe like eighty dollars. 
<laughs> yeah, that's also a thing. Like, I, I I haven't really paid too much attention to the size, but I don't even have any space anymore in my, in my in well, yes, in my house, but but not in my room where everything else is. I don't know what the hell I would do with a statue that size. I know, and the thing is, like, you see, like, you, you see a guy here, you see a guy like right next to it to give like a size comparison. It's like this guy, like the like the literally, it's like half the guy's like body, and it's like what if if, the, if an average size of, of, of a male is like five is like five five eight. Yeah, this guy's just sitting at the breakfast table. Have breakfast with say, I suppose. Again, it's one of those. It's one of those. Like, if if I buy one of these, this is gonna be on the coffee table when we when I have a dinner date. When, we, when like have like a, a bourgeois like dinner date, it's like it's gonna be like centerpiece right there, and people are gonna be like, so yes, 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 yes. Mm -hmm. This is my very fine, very fine piece of. This is my very fine, fine piece from Europe. Like, yes. I can imagine you with, with I can imagine you with with in one hand the, a pipe and the and the other a, a glass of whiskey <laughs> like yes 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 mm -hmm. yes, yes. It, it, it's a fine it's a fine exclusive piece and also also they did say there is going to be a max there is actually a limited piece of eight eight hundred eighty eighty pieces worldwide. Yeah, makes sense. That's probably that's probably more than oh my god! Oh, I say that, but I'm sure that I'm sure those that it's gonna sell out somehow. <laughs> I'm looking. I'm, I'm looking at even more details. There's some insane. There's still more insane details. I even I, I haven't even said yet. On the back has like the wing part of his of his object clock. Uh, it also has like also has the sanctuary clock as well right, that lights up. It also and also has a and it also has um has um the Sagittarius arrow. A Sagittarius arrow. I think one of his arms is like one. He has his right hand making the the Pegasus a real second fist, and on the other he doesn't have an arm, but he has the the uh, an actual Pegasus like yeah, cosmo aura. aura. Yeah, yeah. It's and uh, it's, all those pieces are, are LED. Also, the oh my, more you know I'm, I better stop looking at this because I'm gonna be like oh my god, why am I why am I broke? <laughs> so um, I guess I, I like a, a very quick thoughts, Jackie. Very to look at, and we're gonna keep it that way. <laughs> yeah, that's what I figured. Um, quick thoughts, Spinkas. Uh, I'll dream with it for. I'll dream with it, but I unfortunately don't uh, have any way to to afford that in any way whatsoever for the time being. So all I'll say is that if you are one of the lucky people that either uh, can produce gold or or has a, a goose that lays golden eggs, or you know knows somebody in the uh, yo ho yo ho market where you can you can sell certain physiognomical objects then good for you <laughs> or you know you're, you're a really good day trader you're a, like very very <laughs> good day trader but yeah. let, let's go on to at least stuff that we can somewhat and i say somewhat because i still say these are kind of high the high ticketed items but i think but i think but i think we can i think these are a little bit more doable in terms of uh, costs are in the are in the reach of, of us mortals. <laughs> yes. So we finally got this. So like uh, in, in 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 all the hoopla of the Tamashii Nation, we, we finally got the Tamashii Nation show in Japan, and we finally got to see a couple of new figures that they were, that they, that they announced. The two big like show, showcase figures they had was Odysseus and also a, uh, also rewrites of Poseidon. Um, oh my God, Sorrento. 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 And they both look. Fabulous. They're both a Mythcloth EX. So I think like the last time we had Odysseus, Odysseus was a show exclusive, and also Odysseus was a regular uh, stick Mythcloth, I believe, right? No, it was also an EX figure, but it is not 
Odysseus. Uh, it's it's a bit of a spoiler, but I think I can mention this. In the air, uh, it was revealed in Next Dimension that in the era of myth there were originally thirteen gold saints, uh, but there uh, and and the and the figure that got previously released is the original thirteenth uh, gold saint, Asclepius. Uh, and, okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. And the and now they reveal the actual figure of specifically Odysseus, who is a, a very important character in Next Dimension. I'm not going to spoil it right now. You know. Uh, yeah, I yeah, know. I I have somewhat knowledge of what's going on. It's like, and yeah, it was just like. But anyway, keep going, keep going. But yeah, but but basically, yeah. So they this one is an EX. Now the thing that I'm still confused is I think that the Sorrento one is not an EX. A figure, but a regular myth clone. I'm not sure about that. I need no, to double check EX. on that. It's, it's labeled as an EX. Ah, okay, okay, okay. Uh, yeah, because uh, but this is very interesting because now uh, with these two releases, a it's showing something actually very both important as well as interesting. The fact that Bandai, for once in their free, well, not for once because they've already done it, but they're starting to finally come out of their shell and they're starting to, ex I, I call it an experiment or I, I that's the way I'm perceiving it. Like they're finally starting to experiment with making figures out of the extended universe of the franchise without re having the requirement of having it been in animation in any way, shape or form. Because now we have we have the the Seiya uh, manga B one cloth that by the way is not an EX uh, that Seiya B one is is a regular myth cloth not, oh, okay. not an EX version yeah I I was I also made that mistake but but I just recently checked it out and it, it's a normal myth cloth uh, but anyways regardless in any of the lines it's the like we now have three figures no four figures with these two announcements of of uh, of uh, figures that th theoretically have never appeared in animation so this could open the door for Bandai to finally start making uh, either retaking maybe <coughs> some of the abandoned lines like Cynthia Shaw or maybe trying to venture into like making uh, myth clots either regular myth clots or EX myth clots of uh, some of the spin-offs maybe more Cynthia Shaw figures maybe more Lost Canvas ones maybe we could finally get a, an episode G figure that would be very very weird to see in a figure form but hey I, now that I've seen McCain you say I, I, I can <laughs> it wouldn't be the worst things to see so who knows like I, I think it's a very good like personally I think that it's a great thing but at the same time Bandai being Bandai, like they need an incentive to keep doing this sort of thing. So I really hope they do well. Uh, at the very least, most people that I've seen, even the people that aren't like the biggest fans of those uh, of the spin-offs or, 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 well, in this case, uh, that those, that character, I think most people are interested in getting them. So I hope that they do well for Bandai to keep doing this because I, I really think it's important that they continue to to try new things with the franchise because otherwise they would they, they were getting stagnated already so it's about time that they finally uh, try to venture doing new new stuff and this is coming from somebody that's not even like even though I, I collect the figures I'm not uh, like I'm not like some of the other people that dedicate their channels to actually talking about them they know way more about the whole Bandai business uh, figure market but yeah it's it's good to see them doing that at the very least from my perspective um Jackie do you have any thoughts on these figures um I just heard some fun like comments on Sorrento's figures that he looked like one of the Gundam Wing characters uh, probably I guess because of the wings. Yeah. Because of the wings, yeah. Uh, but for show me which one. It's, I was like, okay, I can see that. But And compare... I think that's the rest to at least... I know this is a prototype. It looks a little bit too orange compared to... Yeah, that was a, that's a criticism that a lot of people were having. But uh, I don't it's know. Like, worse, the, the... But, yeah. 
The skins say, are, are, are have always been orangey-esque, but yeah, but Bandai is very weird when it comes to coloring. I want to say it's because like they, they're trying because like like it, like if you haven't seen the Sorrento figure, the Sorrento figure has like pearlescent wings instead of having mm-hmm. like, instead of having him being in that scale orange. So yeah. like he has like pearlescent, he has pearlescent wings on his on, on the sides of on, on the sides of his on the side of his skirt, on his back, and also the side of his helmet as well. And I want to say it's so it can complement that pearlescent color. Could be. And also too, like the thing that like that's like I think the problem for me is like like problem for me was like the gold kind of clashes with um with, with with that orange, so I think I'm much either a duller either a duller either they, they they do something with that orange or they do something with that gold. One of those two have to like give because I'm looking at the legs and like the legs are like just so weird in my opinion. But yeah, that the- feels like hurt that like the legs look kind of weird. I mean, it's it's beautiful, but it kind of like I feel like it needs a little bit more tweaking. Yeah, I, I will agree. I will agree with you on that. But yeah, I, I mean, I am happy that we're getting some. They're getting rewrites of Poseidon stuff. I think, like, out of all the spinoffs, I think this is like my that is rewrites is like one of my personal favorite ones. But also at the same time, too, it's like you know, I can understand like um, I, I can also understand that like you know, there could be a lot of problems as well. You know, with trying to interpret something that like that we only had very few like colored images of so far. So as for me. Um, I like both figures. I'm really happy that we're that we're getting that we're getting. I really want to get Sorrento because like Sorrento's, I think they want to have a little bit more of uh, a connection to because of because of my like because of my love for um for Rise of Poseidon. And you brought up a good point, um, Benkas. You know, right now we're they have a prime. They have they have they're at a prime, very very prime part of like the, like they they're Bandai's are like in a prime position right now to put out something. That's not related to anything, any anything of Saint Seiya. That's related to something with animation or something that's on, on film. And that is, there's one that there's one you didn't mention, and I think this could work very well right now with with with, with, with what's currently going on with like with global distribution. A Time Odyssey figure would be a Time Odyssey version of some of these figures would be amazing right about now. Oh yeah, that they could take advantage of the fact that it is like a very fresh in, in in the eyes of the of the consumers to start like expanding their line to that. They, that would definitely work. Especially since like some of the characters, like I won't spoil. Cause I know if, like, there is a certain character that gets a unique version of their cloth in this in that particular version. <laughs> so, um, so you that's a good way to like. Oh, you want to get you want nickel and diamonds? That's a perfect way to nickel and diamonds. That knowing Bandai, like knowing Bandai, knowing how. Okay, you know me, and like like you know how I am with like Bandai figures, especially with the SH figure arts, and now like more and more with their with their model kit stuff. They know the right things to like just squeeze the blood out of that stone out of out of a consumer they know the right thing and if they do that it's like fine you win this round <laughs> if they do this particular character in that particular unique cloth style from uh, from time odyssey so also too if they want to also just straight up do like the guillermo model get like art style in the figure it would it, like it'll be freaking awesome as well so like you know there there there, there are diff- there are so many other venues that, that have not been mentioned just yet as to where what they can go to next but knowing that knowing that they're that they're taking risk now on stuff that's at least being published and not and not just stuff that's something in animation or in like or in film then it's in the, then you know the possibilities <laughs> are going to be endless. Um, any final thoughts on these two figures before we go on to like the, the before we go into our final little thing here? Um, yeah, I, I want them. I need them. I desire them. <laughs> yeah, uh, sorry, sorry, sorry. No, that's fine. Any final thoughts, Jackie? Um, can't wait to see the rest one day. Whenever we'll get them. Excuse me. All right, that's fine. You know what? That's fine. 
Um, you said you want you 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 is the doll you wanted to say that you want to get these. Oh yeah, definitely. Especially like both, both. But oh, God damn it! Like when I saw Jesus, I, I, you, you cannot imagine the, the the scream that I yelled to the heavens. And not taking this opportunity now that they are venturing to doing next dimension figures. Give me a goddamn myth of the ex of Las Camuna, you cowards! That's all I'll say. If you know, mm. you know. Batteries, right? That's the one you would want. Sorry, 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 sorry. Anyways, um, yeah, uh. So, but they did show off other Mythcloths as well. We did get to see Mythcloth EX Final Bronze Cloth Tiki, um, Pegasus Seiya and his God Cloth, EX, um, EX um, God um, Odin Robe Seiya, and just regular standard uh, Mythcloth Will Mortis. Uh, yeah, these were just like hidden in the back. No one, no one, like no one really reported about these, but these were kind of like shown off because like we did see a uh, we did see a, a bit of a teaser of these a couple of days ago before the event. And they didn't, and like people were like, hey, where do you go? Like, no, they were shown, but they just, they just got kind of like overshadowed by the bigger news here. So, um, your thoughts, since you're the one that, that, that collects these, um, Menkas, what are your initial thoughts? I, I, it was about a matter of time. They all had already showcased the prototype for the Pegasus, uh, uh, Pegasus God Cloth, uh, Seiya. Uh, so, uh, EX. So it was. It's about damn time that they uh, showcase the others because it's it's a it's just a matter of time before they release them. It's one of those things where we know where they're gonna do it. It's just uh, where it's probably gonna take a couple of years, maybe three or or four, depending on how they decide to pace the the sales of them. But yeah, I'm happy to see them that they're fine. Like if they were able to showcase the the uh, uh, oh what what are they called when the prototypes. Then that mm -hmm. means that production is further ahead than than we would have expected. So theoretically, it shouldn't take too long for uh, for that to happen. So I hope that they, um, I hope that we get to see them sooner rather than later. Yeah. So I I, I will agree. Um, I, I will agree. It's like the, some of the like um, I I'm happy that we got to see a lot of these. And like I know you have your complaints about the Odin the Odin rule because I think you mentioned it before in the show that you do not like the Odin rule, but I'm gonna be the one off the bat. I want the Odin rope. I love the Odin rope. Give it to me. I, 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 yeah. I'm not the biggest fan of that particular rope, but hey, the, the fact that we get more variants and other, and I'll say this: even though I'm not a fan of it, it is extremely unique. It's it's one of those uh, armors in in the series that is very it stands out pretty well, and I think it's one of the better designs that Toei did. Yeah, like I said, I know you're I know you're not a big fan, but like I said, like I'm a huge fan of it. But it's like. You know, and like I'm glad that I'm glad that they actually. You know, I hope they make it at least they make them into into like at least like a, like a regular release. I don't want to like like give. I don't want to like you know sell a kidney or two to buy this. But um, I'm happy that we're getting, we're finally also getting like I know I know this is like I know this is like kind of like um I, I know it's like I know this kind of like you know at this point it's like you know whatever at this point but with the mid cloth trailers, but I am glad that at least they're continuing the mid cloth like you know lineage. With these, um, with like with continuing on with the Silver Saints, so I know they're not that that high in the tone pool of like well known or well loved characters, but to have at least for them to continue it and, and to have like still releasing these these more far out characters is a good idea, in my opinion. So, Definitely. like getting whale, so getting whale Morris is really cool that 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 um that that we have that, and also like um, yeah, like we know I'm about Icky for like you know, about Icky for like months now, I don't know why. Why is it so big? But like I, we know about this one for a while, and this it looks really cool. The way they took this photo, by the way, like the way that they, the way they did it, it's like I love how the colors pop out so well. The the, the purple and the silver looks so good, and the, and the 
in the um in the orange. Looks really good. And the more and like the like the god cloth the god cloth Pegasus cloth is like the like top five designs of all time in that series in the series by far. Yeah. Like it's one of my favorite designs of, of all the cloths. And I'm glad that we're getting that that like like we already got like we already had a couple of opportunities, but I'm glad that we're getting like in an EX version. It's about it's about time, uh, because obviously those figures have been released in the normal Mythcloth line. But yeah, it's it's about time that we get the X versions. I'm really looking forward to, to getting them, and I I really hope that eventually we also get original car editions of the X versions. Mm, I, oh yeah, that'd be so good. Cause like I know they released those uh, a couple of years ago, right? The, the original the original uh, original comic color versions of, of the of the Godpots, and those look incredible. Yeah. But um, any final thoughts? On any on any of this uh, on any of these figures. Well, on the figures themselves, no, I think uh, those are my final thoughts. Though I do think that we need to talk about a, another thing that I think for me made the Temachinations more special, and that makes me regret with a burning passion that I that I did not know that it was going to take place in those dates to to actually be able to go there in, in person. But the fact that uh, they had a a wall with the with illustrations celebrating the event by the different people that have been involved in the uh, in the Sensei spin-ups, uh, including the ones from Sunakansuda, from Shiori Tashirogi, from oh god, I forget the name of the of, of the illustrator for Darkwing, and most important of all, Masami Kurumada Sensei. Even though he wasn't in the and the public events days themselves, the fact that he made a presence the day prior to the public exhibition, and that he made uh, also his. Uh, his autograph right there in that poster. He looks really well, and that's something that makes me really happy. Also, you're, the person you're thinking of is Sinsu Odea. Yeah, for, yeah, yeah. For, for Minkai Hen. For Minkai yeah, yeah. Dark, Darkwing? That, that, that's that, that's exactly. the artist. But yeah, I, okay. I saw, that, I saw, that, uh, I saw that, that work, and I also I posted a picture of the press day. Of, uh, I, put, I posted a video on our, on our public Discord, which I think everybody should check out, of, uh, of Kuromata just, just drawing Saiyan. It's like, it's a rare sight to see him do, do, do something in person like that. And it, it was really, really awesome to have that captured in person live for everybody to see, or at least a, at least a press. And we got to, and the, and like, we got to see it hereafter. I think that was a really, really, really cool thing that they did. And um, seeing, how, see, seeing how everybody that, they got the, that worked on a, a St. Seiya spinoff one way or another, you know, have an opportunity, have an opportunity to show off, like the, to have something to show off at this event was really was was really was really good and what i find really interesting is that kurumada has been doing a lot a lot more public stuff uh, like over this past year like he was he went kind of a I don't want to say undercover, but that's the word coming to my mind. You, you know what I mean. But he basically has been out of the public eye for for quite a while now. Like obviously, we know that he's there. There have been messages through his uh, through his official website through Iso through Iso Okada. But uh, but but the fact that he's actually going more out in public and, and doing these events, uh, I think show and to see him actually doing well and not seeing him, you know, struggle. Uh, yeah, struggle considering his age. That's something that that I really appreciate, especially because let, let's be honest. Like he he's seventy year, years young, <laughs> so it's not an easy thing to do at that age. I'm I'm really happy to see him doing well. Also, too, like I think like next year's gonna be his fifty year anniversary of working in the industry. So it's like considering that that's considering like considering that like almost a third of it, almost two thirds of his life was was has been spent working in the industry. You know. 
it is kind of incredible as well. And I want to say too, I, I want to say too, the reason why he, I think he's more out and about because like we know for a fact he he's been um he's finished up a lot of his all of his works recently. So I'm pretty yeah, sure I now can, that I recently finished uh, Otokozaka. Yeah, I was going to say he finished Otokozaka, and considering considering the circumstances that why it got canceled and his kind of defiance toward like when when it first happened, it's kind of incredible that he actually got to um they got to finish the book. Yeah, and one. I was just going to mention, okay, even though the fact that he did finish it through Shueisha in one way or another, because I think he he published the chapters in, in Jump Plus, or what's the digital version of the yeah, magazine? Yeah, Jump Plus. That's yeah, yeah. Where, um... uh, 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 yeah, he finished it on Jump Plus, so he technically did finish it on, on Shueisha, uh, but still, the fact that he was able to resume it, you know, because he, I think he originally started republishing it through Playboy, I like that sounds weird, but I, I think that's where it started uh, to to publish the the first uh, chapters of Otokasaka when he retook it uh, in two thousand. I think it was fifteen. Don't quote me on that. I don't remember the year exactly. But uh, the point is that, uh, and then for him to to actually have Shueisha basically take back a series that they ordered him to cancel, I I see that as a complete victory and a really fuck you to Shueisha. <laughs> Oh yeah, like I said, like if you don't know, if you don't know the story about Otokasaka and like what and like the whole thing is like. Uh, the whole issue was he was he 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 had intended an ending. He already he already intended everything to be like written out, but the editor was like, mm, "This isn't selling too well, so we need to cancel." So the final issue literally ends with him literally saying, "This is not the end." Literally saying that saying that at the very end of the final the final like panel of the book is literally it doesn't say the end. It says there, "This is not the end. This will continue as a defying as a defying like thing to." Uh, so the fine fuck you to his editors, and that's kind of like and, and since then they, they, a lot of a lot of uh, mangas and a lot of animes have parodied that that um that that it's not over um ending to in various to various <laughs> yeah. degrees. I think so, I have the image. Uh, I have the image somewhere. Let me look for it uh, while you continue. But yeah, so it's like you know again this goes back to the fact that it goes back to something we're actually kind of discussing now. That, like let me take a quick tangent here. Oh, like how influential Masami Kuromata is. And like how much like he's influenced just so so much of like so much outside of Saint Seiya that's that that kind of gets kind of like kind of buried up that kind of gets like not well known and that's like one of the biggest ones I remember people a lot of people talk about which is like that particular idea Otozaka where it's like it's not the end and it's like this real it's like the, the guy just running toward running towards like a road that, that like to the sky but it's like it, it, it well, like again it's like a defiance to like them saying like it is not over yet. And preparing to finally say, you know what? Now it is over. I'm happy about this. I'm happy with this ending. It also too, like, you know, he now now, now that he's kind of like focused not 100 percent on Saint Seiya, you know, stuff. I think I think he's like right now in like a position where he can he do a lot more appearances and you know be a little bit more a little bit more he- involved with his project as well. So that I think that that's that's I think one of the biggest I think that's one of the biggest biggest contributing factors as to his sudden reappearance in, in the public eye, which I think. Before he had so much stuff that he was working on in the last um, last twenty years, like since like Ring Mika Kero two when they announced when they did it in two thousand two thousand one two thousand I don't remember if it was two thousand two but yeah it was in the two thousands yeah in the early two thousand and he's been working like he, I think he, he he at least had two three series going nonstop and now that yeah. like all those series that he's done all these series are, are done and now he's like one hundred percent focused on Saint Seiya it's like now it's like okay fine it's a Saint Seiya I can take my time with it. And also, too, there's so many spin-offs. I can like take a breather if I need to, because like there are other people that are gonna take up they're gonna take up the mantle, and there are other people that are gonna like at least do a lot of the other stuff. Um, it's, it's, so it's like you know, if if anything, push does come to shove, 
at least like you know, like I, I can at least take a, I can at least take a couple, I can at least take a break or two, you know, do some public appearances, and just like then do whatever. Because like I know for a fact there is something out there with my creations that has my name and that I can get money off of still. Yeah, that's not that's not lie to ourselves. That's not lie to ourselves here. That's not lie. But um, any final thoughts on anything else? Um, uh, I suppose that I should end it here because I could legitimately spend hours talking about Masami Kurumeda. We should really one day dedicate an episode in, dedicated entirely just him and his other works and, and stuff. But yeah, I'm just happy that he was there. Like seeing the sensei in in public is always a good thing. Yeah, and like I said, like like I think since the movie, like we started seeing more and more like, like appearances of him. Like literally, like like he, like his sudden appearance at the at the movie premiere was like just like whoa. And now seeing him that- like out here doing just. Drawing, just casually, just drawing something for for the for the twenty for like for the celebration of the Saint Sailor Myth plot and just in general the, the franchise is really really is really cool. Yep. So we so we had something originally planned. We were originally going to do the third movie, um, but as you can as we as we stated earlier, we were all we're all not one hundred percent right now at the present moment. Um, so much in fact that one of one of one of our one of our hosts unfortunately had to like step out unfortunately because like. They're getting much worse, and I was like, "No, no, no! You, you do what you need to do." And um, so I figured, because because of how the because because of that, because like all of us, one way or another, you were sick, I was sick, uh, Jackie was sick. Um, I think I, I think all of us wanted to do something a little bit more low impact for this particular episode instead of doing something full on. So I figured. So it was something that Menkos had brought up on our like on our idea Discord of like, oh, you know, what ideas do you want to do like for this episode? And he said he wanted to do an episode where um, where we would discuss stuff like trivia and stuff like that from some episodes and like stuff from before before he before he came on. And I figured because it's because he it just seemed that there was a lot of wealth of information that 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 hasn't been um, that has been like like that, that that's not known just yet because like I feel like Saint Seiya. Like we like uh, like like when it comes to, like the Spanish speaking world and like other parts of the world, it's like it's a kind of a well known. It's kind of a known like you know um, the puzzle's already been solved. But in in English, I don't think there is that that like there is that that much like puzzle solving just yet. Like I don't think people have like gotten to that point yet. So I figured like it'd be a good way to like also if people are interested to like you know figure you know learn a little bit more about behind the scenes going on with Saint Seiya. So thank us. Which one hit us up with first? Alrighty. Uh, well, first the the fact that I was actually thinking about exactly how short approaches because the, the the series itself has a lot of way uh, has a lot of trivia regarding that that the, the period of time uh, of of the the first uh, the first arc uh, before the actual fights with the Goldstones, which is more or less around the time that I that I arrived on the podcast. But I was thinking that. Like obviously, I've mentioned a lot the primary differences between the manga and the anime, especially because when we were talking about those episodes, it did have a lot of impact upon how you can perceive the story, uh, because those differences are more than significant. But I did not want to address just you know differences between the manga and the anime because I think that that's a discussion for another time. So what I thought about was gathering as much information about the anime itself that I could and there's more out there but I think I gathered enough for specifically today's episode that can illustrate a little bit more about the anime itself with a couple of mentions from from the 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 manga here and there because it it could it will also be very interesting to one day like address the actual creation of the series 
But uh, but yeah, the, in this episode, I'm just going to talk about trivia that mostly revolves around the anime in one way or another. So the first uh, the first data that I'd like to share, obviously, this is information that you, you like some of it you can find easily and some of it, it's a bit trickier. And you as as you were describing, like that information is out there in other languages. Specifically, in, in my case, it's in Spanish out there, and I have to give a big thanks to the people that have dedicated so much time and effort into gathering that information and putting it out there. But as you said, like not that that information hasn't hasn't really been translated, especially into English. So I'd like to share some of those facts that I that I found uh, uh, that that are related to the series. The first one is. Uh, uh, for those that are curious, the very first episode of Saint, of the Saint Seiya anime, which is Revive Legend of Heroes, aired on Japanese television on October 11th, 1986 at 7pm. Mm -hmm. uh, like, I'm gonna like make pauses after I make the... the, the, the I say the, the trivia because you want to add something to it? Like... Uh, like for, well, just just a matter... Just a, a little bit mentioned here. The, the, that the Saint Seiya anime replaced... Another series that I don't remember the name right now, but basically it was an anime that was simply not having well enough numbers. And they, and then like when they were trying to figure out what they were going to replace it with, the person that was at the time the head of Bandai's development department, Mr. Sugiura, he was apparently told by his son that was reading the manga that it was a very interesting story. Out of curiosity, Sugiura uh, took a cutout image of Seiya from, from the Shonen Jump, took it to, to Bandai, and then proposed to Bandai and Toei that for the next animated series, maybe they could try that out, because according to his son, it was a very interesting series. Then, Yoshifumi Hatano from Toei got in contact with Tibi Asahi, uh, with Shueisha, and with Kurumada, and then everybody came into an agreement to move forward with the project, and that's how the pitch for the anime began. Hmm. That's very interesting because so it's very interesting. So like literally one of the one of the one of the, pro, one of the programming heads, that, one of the guys at Bandai was like, "I like the toys. Like these look cool. Why don't you make toys of this?" And they're like, "Yeah, let, let's make toys. Let's make toys. Of this. It's very toyetic. Let's go." Well, yeah, basically because they had to because they were trying to figure out what they could put out in association with uh, what both Bandai and Toy that could be like they could sell. Like basically they needed something marketable. <laughs> and Saint Seiya was the saving grace at the time. Yeah, and also too like you know. Um, it also makes sense. It's like you know, you it, it, we did. We always heard. We always heard. Overheard a lot. Of, like what happened. It's like oh, like the, the toys are the, the toys always came first. So it's like, um, but no. I mean, we know we know the manga came out, but I'm pretty. But I didn't know that that like uh, the executive from like, one of the kids was like so interested in the series that it kind of caught the attention of Bandai. I thought it was the only way around with like Bandai ordered Kuromada and Shoichi to do that. But no, that's so very interesting. To, that's a very interesting way to for them to do that. Yeah, I know, and actually that ties a little bit into the next uh, inf trivia, which is that at the time of the that the production of the anime began, Sinseya had only been in publishing, uh, like it had only been published in Shueisha for six months. Like the, the series had, it was only six months old, so not even the first Tankabon volume had been released, and it made it the first series up to that point in history to receive an anime an anime adaptation so quickly. That's um, that's really interesting. So. Uh... They, they began to work on 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 the series like all that and apparently the the the, the apparently all the pre-production you know the, the designs the preparation for for the story the, the story treatments the concept art the the 
the set days, or as we know them here, the character sheets, all that. Apparently, all of that was done in three months' time. And that was a factor as to why the series, or why the anime caught up so quickly to the manga. Because even though, first of all, this the manga was only six months old, so not a lot of chapters were published at the time. And then afterwards, it only took them about three months in preparation for, for it. So they did everything at lightning speed. I can imagine, because like you said, like if it took them three months and then they had to like re-rigor all the designs in such a short amount of time, it makes sense. It's like it kind of makes sense that, that that you know that that it kind of kind of felt ramshackled at the time because uh, it, like well, I'm I kind of like I'm kind of skipping ahead here, but like we know for a fact that like originally they were going to use the, the manga designs, but then Toy and then Bandai was like, I think we want to do something a little bit more toyetic, a little something a little something we can sell a lot more toy with. So they went with a more they went with a more drastic design with a lot of the characters. So for them to go through that that process in such a short amount of time is kind of is insane. It is, and actually, now that you mentioned that, that actually ties into the the next one that has to do with precisely that. Obviously, market marketability is one of the reasons why they ended up changing the original designs from the from the manga. But also another factor that played into that is that because obviously there are concept arts uh, of how the the manga clots were gonna be used in the anime. That, that that actually has survived until this day. there is a uh, an image of of Seiya uh, about to fight Shiryu, and both of them are using their manga uh, clots. However, a factor that ended up uh, tipping the scale, so to speak, besides the the fact that they were more marketable designs that they ended up going with, is that apparently the technological limitations at the time for the production of the action figures uh, was a factor that kind of derailed them from uh, going forward with the manga designs. So that's why they ended up making the changes. So for both, uh, like, technical limitations in how to make those toys, apparently, as well as uh, the the fact that they wanted something a bit more visually striking ended up affecting the, the end result. And that's how we came to the final design with, that we've all come to to know nowadays. Um, concern, like... I can see why, because like, like I see when you look at when you at the end of every at the end of every book of Saint Seiya, it it ends with a diagram of like how all the clots fit to make them look like an actual cloth. And I'm pretty sure they, they looked at all that and like this is not gonna work. This is not gonna fucking work. It, like it, like logically, this will never work in like in real life. Any of this stuff. So it's like yeah, I, I'm pretty sure they looked at those designs like no, we're, we're like we we are not gonna make we're not gonna do all this. So instead, they kind of went with something a little bit more. Um, a little bit, something a little bit more dynamic for for the design. Something a little bit, like I said, a little like I, 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 I learned, this is a term I learned from watching because like the, the term toyetic, where it's like you make something that you know you can sell a toy with, and you didn't want with that design. One interesting, one interesting thing I want to bring up was one of the designs, one of one of these designs that that that, that I see the picture because I remember seeing this picture from a very long time ago. Uh, it's like the prototype designs, and the first images you see is Iki and and Seiya. Say in the, in the first image, they're wearing their, their their iconic clots from the from the from the from the manga. The second image is what is more interesting. Um, we can see that Iki his like there's some more details on his on his helmet, uh, and then I think like other stuff too. Like that were I think they 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 like a lot of colors were a lot more muted. But Seiya, Seiya, okay. So here's the here's where here's where things get insane. Seiya, he, he was originally going to have his cloth with, like, he was going to have a, a, yellow, a, a yellow unitard. So it was going to have, like, a red, it was going to have, like, a, a all red, like, armor with, like, white highlights instead of, like, the red highlights. 
And also too the the pick the, the headpiece on the, the headpiece would have had like a line in the, a, a white line and also the, the, the earpiece would have had like also would have been white as well. I talked to someone that has worked in the animation company that's worked in animation. I won't mention names because like I don't want to get them in trouble with any with anything. But when they when I brought the, when I brought the, when I, when I showed this image to them, they told me that that the, that particular drawing, that particular way that they 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 um they painted it, was is to animation to the animation to the animation staff like the actual people that do the animation. That's something a lot easier for them to do. So for them to use those those like clashing colors like that, it may be garish the eyes, but I, but to the to but the people doing the animation, especially for the coloring department, it's a lot easier for them to do that. So, I assume must have happened between 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 that design and the final design was either Kuromata or someone or someone higher or someone like Michimeno or you know uh, or whoever whoever else was, was working in character design was something like no the red's not gonna work we had to like keep it more in line with like the, either the comic book or like you know making it more in line so it can be a little bit more armor like. Instead of this, instead of this color, and he went with like the more traditional colors, the white, the pearlescent white and red colors that we now that we now associate sail with. It could so, also have been just a proof of concept, uh, like it's something that, like, see if he got approved to, to make the lives of the animators a little bit easier. That too, or they must have been like, okay, I, I think, or another thing that could, that could have been was like this was something so rough that they, that they like they, they they wanted to do that, but they want to see like how everything worked in a different kind of shading, where it's like, okay, you do it in this color. So we can see how how the colors would match at the with the final with the final design, if that makes sense. Yeah, possibly. And I'm not gonna lie, I'm happy that they did not go with that option because it looks so weird. I don't I don't like it. They they Pegasus Club to be red. Yes, so it's or, like, or maybe I'm just or or maybe I'm just way too used to to the colors we we've all come to to know. So who knows? It's one of those like what ifs kind of scenarios. Yeah, but like I said, I think like I said, the most likely scenario, judging from what you just said, was like maybe this was some like from what like I said, like I'm only I only I only know hearsay about these type of things. I don't work in the industry, but I do know people that have worked in the industry and like they've seen this image and they've told me like you know what they what they thought of it and they said they like it's either like so so they told me that 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 end, but also they, it could also be like I said, like they must have drawn it like they must have well done it in those colors, so it'd be like okay. Where the reflection is going to be, how is, how the color is going to how the how the color is going to work when it, with these with these things, this and that, and blah blah blah. So I think that I think that's what ultimately ended up happening. Whereas I think like it's either or either or of those of those um of, of those. But I'll keep going. Probably. Well, okay. Uh, that has to do a little bit with the, how the pre-production of, of the designs came to be. But another aspect of, and obviously I'm skipping a lot of things here, but uh, I, I wanted to jump into something that, obviously we've made mention of this several times, especially when it comes to the differences between the, the manga and the anime, as well as certain characters that basically have completely different versions, depending on which, on which version you're watching, if you're, watch, you're reading it or if you're watching it. Uh, but obviously, one of the things that's kind of well known is that Kurumada was not particularly happy about some of the decisions that were employed in the anime, some of the, the liberties they decided to take with certain characters or adding like certain backgrounds to some characters before Kurumada himself could do that. So, uh, but in the end, even though he wasn't really happy with that in uh, in the beginning, or well, it's never specifically stated if this changed over time, but it, nevertheless. Uh, he ended up incorporating several elements that were anime exclusive to into his main story as well. 
and I'd like to mention some that I probably probably mentioned this before, but it's uh, it's good to to mention them again. For example, one of the most iconic visual elements from the anime are the scenes where the cults equip themselves into the characters. That was an anime exclusive invention. In the manga, originally, uh, they had to physically take the pieces apart from the object and put them on their body. Uh, the, the very first scene where Seiya uh, wears the Pegasus cloth for the first time, he disassembles it and, and puts it on piece by piece. Uh, eventually, uh, in the story, Kurumada decided to add this element to the story and have the armors equip themselves onto the characters as it was done in the anime. And this happened for all of the armors in the series, the cloths, the scales, etc. So that was one of the things that became so iconic for the series that Kurumada either had to or decided to incorporate into the into his main story as well. Okay. Another yeah. another element that uh, that Kurumada ended up uh, adding into the story was, for example, the that so iconic dance that Hyoga makes whenever he's about to attack, either with the uh, diamond dust or with the aurora thunder attack. He ended up, even though he doesn't really copy it frame by frame, <laughs> he ended up like making kind of a synthesis of, of some of the movements for it and, and implying it afterwards that Hyoga also did the dance in some in some of the battles. Like there are a couple panels where you can see that he's performing the dance right before he attacks. So that also got incorporated into the series as well. well that's cool. I just find it amusing that the, the, the fact that it were basically ten to uh, not completely different stories, but that the anime did so many things. That, like obviously, I sh I sh I have to be completely honest, and I think that people that listen to us at this point they can already know that I shit a ton on toy. But the matter of fact is that they also did a lot of things really well, and sometimes I fail to recognize that. I, th those are the types of things that should be recognized for for the for the series overall because no matter how you want to spin it or no matter how you want to say it or no matter how much it hurts people like me like it, it's a fact that th those very iconic parts of this franchise are something that they created and that even though Kurumeda ended up adding it to it like the anime is the one that needs to take the the I, I forgot the expression, but basically they need to take the, the credit. They need to take a credit for it. And credit where credit is due. Yeah, and I will agree, because, like, yeah, like, not, like, oh, I was about to say, like, when you mentioned about the clots earlier, yeah, because, like, it, it, it's kind of, it, like, when you read a manga and you see, like, that very first, like, when you see, when you see Sale, like, come out with, like, like the, the first time, like, it's kind of cool how it comes out, but then it kind of, like, kind of deflates, kind of deflates what, what the, at that, at the moment where it's like, oh, it's just, there and he kind of just puts it on and we're kind of like ready he's ready to go but when you see in the anime it's like oh my god it's like this it's like this at this moment it's like this moment in time that like it captures like that moment and uh, uh, like you know uh, of him finally becoming uh, say finally becoming like, like you know finally becoming a saint with, with and accepting it and like all that stuff so it's it's so it's there's a little a lot more meaning to the armor kind of like chose him and he became one with him by 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 by, by putting into him as opposed to him just like jamming the parts into his into his body. Yeah, and and I, I fucking hate to admit it, but like the scene in the anime is just much better than it was in in the manga. Like that that scene is so iconic. I I would argue that it's probably one of the best scenes in the anime overall. Period. So it it's like it's difficult to argue against like the results of that. It's just so visually iconic and so visually stunning to see that, and it does contrast a lot. What in the, the I mean in the manga it. it 
functions well to how the story is being told in that moment, but it's definitely much visually impacting and, and memorable and iconic the, the way that it happens in the anime. Mm-hmm. So, what else? Okay. Uh, another another thing that has to be noted is that, okay, I mentioned in the Asgard arc that some of the lowest episodes, some of the episodes with the lowest ratings overall happened in, in that arc. But to be fair, uh, the series did struggle a little bit in the beginning to get uh, good ratings and apparently also to for the sales of the figures to start uh, going at a profitable er- ex- expectation that that Toei and and Bandai hoped because apparently they were being seen as they were kind of failing in the beginning it, apparently Koso Morishita revealed in an interview that it, it wasn't until episode 8 of the anime where both the ratings for the anime as well as the sales of the figures started to increase so it did not have like it wasn't like a smashing, smashing success or a smash hit right from the get go. It took a little bit of time for it to mm-hmm. to start uh, getting uh, getting steam, so to speak. So that would if it took them two months, that means that it took to episode eight. So that took them like around the time Iki appeared. More or less, yeah. I think it's around that time when Iki and the Black Saints appear that the series kind of started to take popularity. At the very least, when it comes to the to the anime. Yeah, that sounds about <laughs> right. Because like. That's that's what I'm noticing. Like if that if that's where if that's how far into the series they had to go to. Yeah, but I mean, it may have taken a little bit, but at the very least they got it, because okay, we've mentioned that Saint Seiya, despite the fact that it's pretty much I don't want to say unknown, but even though in the English speaking sphere of anime and manga uh, talk. Since he is usually ignored largely, I mean, there are a lot of factors that go into that, right? Yeah. Obviously, obviously, the very, very wrong footing that he had on the on the American and and therefore the English markets is one of the contributing contributing factors to that. Uh, the fact of when it arrived on on that market, uh, and also a very, very. Uh, good point or a very important point that should not be uh, underestimated that unfortunately this applies as well to the latter to any of the of the markets uh, when it comes to anime in general but people tend to ignore i mean generalizing because this happens to other markets as well but people tend to ignore series that they did not grow up watching or that did not have a large impact in the history of how that a medium got introduced into in, into into their existence. What I mean by this is that the English-speaking sphere usually tends to ignore a lot of series that either are super hardcore classics that they get t- talked about a lot, or they tend to ignore a lot of series that simply did not get introduced into the U.S. market uh, at a much later date. For example, Dragon Ball, Sailor Moon, those tend to be like the, the, the first series that quote-unquote exist in the eyes of a, a large part of the English-speaking market. The same happens with the Latin American market. Market when it comes to the series that exist previous to Sensei and to, for example, uh, the, the existence of Hokuto no Ken or, or or series that go that are older than that, Devilman and some of this other stuff. That happens to to every market as well. But I think that's a very huge factor as to why it gets uh, very largely ignored. But okay, regardless, I say all that as a preamble for the next uh, fact that no matter how no matter how unknown it is in the English speaking sphere, or no matter how well known it is in the worldwide sphere in general, or how it's not talked about too much in the Japanese market because obviously, you know, the Japanese market focuses on what's popular and what's coming on right now. And obviously those series are left as classics and as more of a legacy series. And even though they still are in, in, the, in the public mind, they're not as prevalent. But uh, the one of the th- uh, things that the Saint Seiya anime was able to achieve is that it got recognized by the popular magazine Animage. 
uh, which is a Japanese uh, manga magazine that talks about the animation industry and that has been running, I think, since the 70s in Japan. And in, it included it in its prestigious award, the Anime Grand Prix, for Best Animation in 1987. And then again, in its 1989 edition, uh, on the Best Anime of All Time selection, Saint Seiya ranked in third place, only behind two anime films that were made by Studio Ghibli. So at the time, even though it ranked in third, it was technically the the first the, the, the first place overall, specifically for anime series. So that is an impressive achievement. And mm-hmm. also another another fact about this is that even though that was the first time that it, that it won, it won I think a couple more times, making Senseiya one of the few series I think that only six series, including Senseiya, have been able to achieve uh, being selected as the best uh, series overall on more than one occasion on that uh, on that magazine and on that uh, specific prize. Interesting. So it, 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 it holds an honor that no other series really has been able to achieve so easily. Yeah, especially considering, like, you know, considering also to another thing, another factor, like, this was, a, this was, this series was a three-year span from, like, 88 to 86 to 89. So for, for, for it to, like, have that much of an impact in that short amount of time is incredible. It really is. And, right. and that's something that should not be underestimated easily. Even like it, most series lose their popularity eventually. That's normal. That's bound to happen. Mm-hmm. But the things that they achieve at the time that of their peak is something that should not be uh, should not be underestimated uh, afterwards. <laughs> Correct. Okay. Okay. That's a little bit of uh, trivia regarding the the anime itself. But I'd like to also now share uh, a couple more uh, trivia regarding the series overall. One of them is. Even though there are a lot of uh, series, uh, a lot of places that were created specifically for the series, uh, there are also a lot of uh, a lot of those places were inspired uh, by real life architecture or by real life uh, places that do exist in our real world, and mm-hmm. that Kuramada adapted them into the story. So I'd like to share with you a couple of uh, geographical uh, facts about uh, the series. For example. The Sanctuary's Combat Arena, the place where Seiya fought Cassius, uh, is actually inspired by the Theater of Dionysius in Greece. So if you look up the Theater of Dionysius, you will see that the construction and the overall architecture is very similar to what Kurumada ended up using for the for the training grounds of the Sanctuary. Mm-hmm. Then another one is Star Hill is specifically based on a geographical uh, location called the Meteora Hills that are located in Thessaly, which is in the north of Greece. These hills have some of the uh, last remaining Orthodox uh, Catholic, ca- Catholic Orthodox monasteries uh, on their very top. And these are the buildings that served as the inspiration for both the hill of Star Hill, as well as the buildings uh, that are the residence of the, not the residence, but the place that only the Pope can, can visit in Saint Seiya, as we mentioned previously in the, in the episode. And finally, another location that's of interest is the tower where Mu resides in Jamir is inspired by the Thien Mu Temple, or the Temple of the Celestial Lady in Hue, Vietnam. That that pagoda that is on that location in the Temple of the Celestial Lady was the inspiration for the building of uh, Mu's residence, the one that uh, uh, Kiki and Shiryu kind of destroy, and then Mu has to put back together when <laughs> when when he goes to try to re- have the clots repaired. Yeah, I'm, I'm looking through it right now. I'm just I'm doing a lot of this. Um, it says here the Thien Mu Temple, meaning the Temple of the Celestial Lady, 
is a historic temple in the in the city of Huen, Vietnam. The iconic seven-story uh, Pyoho Din Pagoda is recited as a, an official symbol of the city. As the temple has been often the, been the subject of fourth warrant and Tadao about Huen, as a, according to a, according to Wikipedia. So, the, uh, whatever I'm saying might be might be false. <laughs> well, take it with a grain of salt, but uh, but the, the location is there. You just yeah. gotta double check double check some of the facts about it. But it is, uh, but it is exactly like that. Even though they did take a lot of liberties like with it, like it's like it, in the in the anime, it was like kind of located in like a, you know, it's kind of located in like, the middle of nowhere. This is like, kind of like that. Actually, it's kind of located in, in a like very dense uh, public in like a very public uh, area of of of, of Vietnam. So it's like. Um, so it is kind of like so it is kind of like you know oh like it's just kind of weird like like seeing these scenes it's like oh no 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 it's like this this mythical place out 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 about no 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 it's it's like it's like part of a park it actually looks kind of it actually looks way way more beautiful if you see it in public yeah but but it's like it's that's the, the type of thing that gives you a little bit of food for thought because like obviously real life like since is, is supposed to take place in, in the real world quote unquote as many series are but sometimes the fantastical elements of of any series tend to make people or the readers or the viewers forget that fact because obviously it's a, it ends up becoming a fantasy and it's fiction in the end but seeing real life architecture uh, either be it in its actual form or in its actual location or inspired in, in as in the case that is here because many of those buildings and elements got basically repurposed for the for the intention that Kurumada wanted it to in the series. But at the very least, I think it, it adds a, an element of realism that you don't really get to appreciate or even know or realize until you get to see this, uh, these facts like outside of, uh, of the story itself. Mm -hmm. And I find that to be very interesting. Obviously there are a couple more places of interest that, that are worth mentioning. However, those take those places do not appear in the parts of the story that we have covered. So I will ha I'll have to mention those later once we reach to their proper once we reach those episodes specifically later down the line. Mm -hmm. Okay, another element that's uh, that's worth noting, and this has to do again with with the character rather than the, than locations, is a, a one aspect about the the past of one of its main characters of the series, which is that of Hyoga. Uh, I sorry that I jumped on this when I was kind of like jumping around when I was like gathering the information for for, for this when I was making the the, the, the list of, of trivia but an interesting fact about Hyoga is that okay we're all aware of the of the relationship he has with his mother and the the fact that he goes to visit her her dead body that's laying under the Siberian Sea right correct well that story element of a, his of a, a death of his of a dead mother being basically preserved like her 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 body being preserved underwater and having a character kind of uh, have a certain obsession with it and as well as regularly visiting is actually something that that had already been done previously and it, it's very likely that Kurumada took inspiration and adapted that storyline from the character of a what's the of Iwata oh sorry Iwana from the manga Ninja Bugeicho, uh, uh, written and illustrated by Sanpei Shirato, a manga that ran from 1959 to 1962. In that story, specifically talking about this character, uh, uh, Iwana is a ninja that lived underwater and whose mother was murdered and thrown into a lake. Iwana, who was a young kid at the time, tried again and again to locate his mother's body for years. 
until he was finally able to find her at the bottom of the lake. Her appearance was left unchanged, and he is, is spent time with, with her body. And overexposure to, to doing this allowed his body to mutate and to adapt to be able to live mostly underwater. He His body got physically deformed, and he basically uh, developed... Uh, fish-like or frog-like features uh, so he was basically able, able to he became an aquatic creature so to speak in, in that mm -hmm. story afterwards many years later a volcanic eruption evaporated that lake and took the the body of his mother with it and following this he he joins the shadow clan which i believe it's like the the main enemy of that particular story but it's uh interesting to see how like obviously like a lot of people Unfortunately, when it comes to Konoma, there are a lot of people that just like like to grab uh, or pull at straws as to uh, points where they could criticize him, and this is definitely one of those points because they could simply say, "Ah, he just copied something he saw somewhere else." But how many authors, how many well-known pieces of fiction, haven't taken inspiration from other media and just adapted mm -hmm. it into their own stories and make it work there? So even though it's not something quote-unquote original, it's interesting to see how he adapted that premise and incorporate it into one of the characters, because that ends up becoming a very, very important part of Hyoga's development overall in the story. Yeah, and you are correct. It's like, I was to say, like, one of, the thing, one of the things that people kind of underestimate when it comes to, and this, this, this comes with any kind of media, whether it's, like, filmmaking and stuff like that, is, like, like a lot of, like, we always, we always praise people like, you know, like Martin Scorsese or Steven Spielberg. Like those guys, like those guys, like like you know, we we praise them so much because like you know because of the stuff they make. And you know, a lot of people are trying. A lot of people nowadays are trying to like mimic their style of trying to do a movie. But what they should be doing is like like what what they were what they were doing in the past was doing stuff with from the stuff they grew up with. So it's like so so it kind of this kind of comes full circle where it's like you know if if you want to know more about what was going on with with certain creators, especially when it comes to like like any kind of medium, whether it's Anime, video games, or whatever, always look at the stuff that inspired the people that that inspired them. So if someone says, "Oh, I was inspired by," uh, I was like, if a guy, a guy who worked on the video game says, "I was inspired by," um, by, I was inspired by, say, um, by, uh, I don't know, um, Hideo Kojima. Kojima is a very, very, he's he has a very filmmaker sensibility when it comes to a lot of his, a lot of his, um, a lot of his works. So instead of like looking through games, it's preferred to look through some of like his movie selection and seeing like what movies at the time of the game was released to see like a good idea of what was being what, what he was be, what he was working with and mimicking at the time. So it's again, it's so it's this 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 is this is all this is all media's in general. It's not just like it is not just like an isolated incident. Also, um, also one last thing, uh, tell um, Band of Ninjas, uh, Ninja Bunjicho. They actually did do an animation for it in 1967. Oh, really? Oh, I wasn't aware that it had an anime. I actually only know it because of its relation. Because I already I, I learned about this fact a, a while ago, but I, I actually wasn't aware that it had a an anime. That's interesting. That's something that would maybe should be worth checking out. Like the, the premise seems to be very interesting, mm -hmm. especially if you like ninjas. Yeah, it's a, it's a bit, it says here uh, rather than being an anime, I decided uh, um, Oshinura decided to simply shoot panels of the manga in order acquiring it. Oh, so it's just like like so. Basically, what they did is they just they took like the the manga and they made it pretty much like a like a moving, a proto like you know a, a proto like you know visual a visual like not uh, what's it called? Uh, like not uh, a proto visual novel or uh, like yeah a, yeah I get what you mean. 
I was gonna say, but I was trying to find another word for it, like you know, a motion comic. It's like a proto motion comic because it says here, like, uh, Oshimura, um, so he took panels from the manga in, in order in or animation and zooming and, and pacing and painting techniques. Okay, so like it's so it's just like like just like a bunch of like images, it's still images being cut together with like zoom ins and stuff like that of the manga. So that's inter- that is an interesting way of doing it. Definitely, yeah, it, it's especially for the time. Yeah. Uh, but keep going. But yeah, okay. Uh, actually, the, uh, speaking of, because I mentioned, you know, people pro- probably misinterpreting uh, using an outside idea and then basically incorporating it into into his story about Kurumada. Another fact that is, I think, finally it's very interesting is there are three gold clots that could be said that actually were designed by fans of the series and that Kurumada ended up. Uh, repurposing it and and basically remaking them when he incorporated them into this the story okay the, for that's what this next piece of information is about okay in get the minute okay here it goes okay on 1986 the shonen jump magazine launched a contest for fans of saint seiya to draw their own design of a clod uh, the winner of this contest would see their drawing being redrawn by kurumada himself and apparently, more than 50,000 submissions were received. Yeah, that's quite a lot, of, actually. Mm-hmm. So, considering, okay, so considering, con- considering also the size of Japan as well, you gotta look at, you gotta look at it that way. It's like, when you say 50,000 in the like, United States, that's like, whatever. When you say 50,000 in Japan, that's a huge number. So let, let, that sink in for, let, that, let that sink in for a moment. And for the 80s, by, by mm-hmm. So, uh, okay, so on Weekly Shonen Jump's 52nd volume, uh, the winner was revealed, as well as a a couple of other selections were presented from from that entire pool of of, uh, fan drawings. Of these three, uh, uh, sorry, of these, three can be seen as serving as a foundation for the final designs that Kurumada would end up using in his story. Uh, These are the Cancer Cloth, which was designed by a fan called Shigeru Ogashi from the prefecture of Fukuoka. And if you see the the design that he draw, you can see a lot of the elements that make the cancer cloth that that ended up make that ended up uh, getting into the final design that Kurumada did. Just obviously much more uh, complex and and to the style of Kurumada himself. But you can see like the foundation for the elements of, of the protections there. And it's interesting to see like the how the imagination of fans worked around back then. What what would you say? What did you say that this this guy was from again? Okay, uh, uh, the name of the of the fan was uh, Shigeru Ogashi, and he was from the prefecture of Fukuoka. Okay, just because the thing was like, I want to say Fukuoka was a was a fishing village, and I, so uh, it's like, so I'm pretty sure like a lot of like, a lot of this was inspired by the fact that he, he the, the crab design was must have been from the, that that fact that it was from the. the from the, from the crab fishing, so like, I wouldn't be surprised. It would not be surprising. I wasn't able to find too much information about these fans, unfortunately, but uh, apparently only the, the names because they were published in the, in the magazine, like uh, are revealed, uh, nothing to... Yeah, that's fine. Uh, that's, how, that's how it always is. Yeah that's, perfectly, yeah, that's perfectly fine. But that, it's a possibility. Okay, so that was the first one. Then the second cloth that it's worth noticing is the, the one of uh, the Burgo cloth. This one was drawn by a person called Rin Narita from the prefecture of Chiba. And as well, if you take a look at the design that they created, 
a lot of that ended up actually being applied into the final design of the Bergo cloth. It's yeah. very interesting to see, especially because I, I've, I've always found very interesting the design of Berg, of the Bergo cloth because, you know, Bergo itself, like, it's supposed to represent a virgin or a woman yeah. in general. So a lot of that design, like, I, we know that the background for Shaka, it revolves mostly around Buddhism, which is a very, very, has a very profound importance and significance in Japanese culture overall, but but still kind of interesting to see how those elements ended up being incorporated into, into the final cloth, and it's very interesting to see how... We I was just going to say, just interesting to see how this fan ended up uh, applying it into his version and what elements Kurumada took from that. Because I want to say, when was it? Do you know the exact date of when when these when these designs were were submitted? Or like I don't know the revealed? exact dates, but the 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 contest was in 1886. 1986. 1986. I think. Holy shit, man! Yeah, I think it was September. Not not entirely sure, but it was around that time. It was because, last quarter of the year. That's for sure. Because the thing is, I'm looking at the Virgo cloth. And the thing that the, the thing that that sticks out to me because my because this is how hot wire my brain is to other things. It has Gundam. It has like Gundam uh, uh, <laughs> fins on it on his head. Yeah, I'm right. thinking to myself, like, like did they? Did, how much of this was inspired by like not just like the like uh, of this character, that this original character, but how much of this was like? I was trying to write on my brain. I was like, what was going? What what, what Gundam series was happening? And I was thinking. Gundam double um double Zeta Gundam. So I'm wondering how much of it was was double Zeta design and how much of it was just like uh, them trying to do this design. Because also too, there's a, there's another there's also another peculiar perk about the another peculiar thing that that that, that, you, that I don't think you noticed. Very top, it shows the character with the mask on. Oh so yeah. Like, so it's like it's very interesting to see that like you know that this had like more of like a semi robotic way of looking. But I can see too, like you know, yeah, this is definitely like where the origins of, of the real clock came from. But I can also see too, it's like, oh, someone must have been watching a lot of Zeta, double Zeta Gundam at the time when they were designing this. It's very probable. <laughs> I actually had never thought about it until you just mentioned it. Yeah, again, this is how hot this is how hot wired my brain is when it comes to like other things. But keep going. Okay, and finally, the the last uh, drawing board mentioning it, which ended up becoming the winner overall of the contest is the Aquarius cloth, which which was drawn and designed by Kazuki Kakihara from the prefecture of Hiroshima. Mm -hmm. And that is the drawing that both they, the user submitted their illustration and that got an actual redesign of that same version by Kurumada into his own style. And I think it's safe to say that this is probably the, the one that's the most obvious as to how that ended up becoming the final version of the cloth. Yeah. It's just it, like outside of a few additions here and there, just the design is uncannily the, the same. So theoretically, the, the one that it's the most arguable that you can say it's practically a fan made version that Kurumada adopted is the Aquarius cloth itself. Yeah, and you can tell it's like you know, with additions of stuff with like they changed they changed a little bit of the helmet and they added more stuff to the chest piece and they changed the waist waist the waist piece and a little bit of the arms. Everything else seems to be more intact of, of the of the Aquarius cloth in general. Especially the object, like it's uncanny how the object just looks almost identical, ignoring the the color and some of the other details. Now, there's one last thing I want to ask about this. Yes. Um, were you aware of the Shadow Saint? I am yes. Okay. Was this was this in conjunction with that with that with that with that stuff or was it or is this completely independent from that? 
I think that is independent from that because if my memory serves correctly, the Shadow Saint was created specifically for the Ogon Densetsu video game. But I don't, I, I, like, at the top of my head, I cannot remember if there was any fan involvement or any yes, it was. contest. There was, it, okay. That's that's why I, that's what I was asking. So if you don't know, there was a fan, like, you know, submission to see if they can actually submit a villain for. Oh, yeah, 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 you're right. There was a because like at the time like they were they were, were going to make the same set game and like obviously of course they had to make a bad they had to make a bad guy because it was like well we don't know what the hell's happening at, at up to this point of the series so let's make up let's make up a new bad guy just for this for shits and giggles so I think what ended up happening was someone like so I forgot who won it and it was held kind of in a similar ma manner where they did this they did this original character and Kuromata re like kind of re reared the character in his style yeah and and, and that became the main boss of the of the video game. Yeah, yeah, you're right because uh, I've seen the Kurumada design, but but that's why I had it in. That's why I thought it in my mind that it, it was something that you know he did just for the video game. But no, you're right. There was there was a contest. Uh, it was a fan made illustration, and he just simply got adapted into the into Kurumada style for the for the video game. Mm -hmm. So so it's interesting to see how even back then, like it, that had an impact. It's something that doesn't really happen anymore, now, does it? Like there are very rare occasions where fan input has an, an effect on a on a current anime series or a current manga series. Um, if 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 anything, if anything, if anything that if anything that has something like that, it's it's usually held. If anything, if anything like that would be, it would be like a like a mobile game at this point. Like usually they'll be like, oh, you know, we'll make something exclusive, like this exclusive. Um, if you want to make a fan made thing, like a, this fan made thing for for anything in our media, it's gonna be like it's mostly gonna be like a skin for a game, and that's as, as far as you're gonna get, as, as far as you're gonna get, and that's yeah. it. But it is interesting to see this, like you know, like there there is like so many instances, especially with Saint Seiya, of stuff like you know, of stuff like you know, hey, the fans were creating stuff, and they actually officially put that stuff in, like in in, in at least some way or shape or form, either in the series itself, you know, very. Very, very either altered or they use it flat out in the video game. In this case, and it's something that actually has even to this well, maybe well it, it, to to a certain degree, even to this day, still has an effect because it's difficult to to ignore how much of an impact because obviously all the authors of the spin-offs, I think most of them, if not all of them, have revealed that no, not not all of them, but most of them did did uh, have stated that they were fans of, of the series uh, prior to to them uh, doing those side pro those uh, spin-offs so uh, the, the the that even is an effect that like okay a fan of the series ended up working on it in one way or another in in an official capacity but also like thinking about clamp and how they used to like they had their origins making like saint seiya dojins dojinshis and the, mm -hmm. some of that on and basically kurumada being like very in, endorseful and supportive of, of fans like even back then something that it's always like uh, heartwarming to see like yeah, yeah. I know that still happens nowadays, but it's not as common or as public to see in such a in such a way. I think. Well, I mean, I mean, look at what look at I mean, look at what Guillermo gets doing right now with Saint Seiya. I mean, he was a he was a super fan of the series, and now he's like officially working on a comic. Yeah. But let's keep going. Okay, so that is about those uh, armors that basically you could construct that they were made by fans and then got incorporated into the main series. Okay. So, uh, speaking of uh, a bit of, uh, like, jumping a little bit onto, uh, as, excuse me, I'm just reading the notes here. Okay, jumping into another, uh, uh, something that has to do with uh, uh, images not being quite the same. Another uh, 
and, and one of the things that has uh, flown by over the years is that if people are aware with the word sete, which is basically just the Japanese word for character sheet, uh, a lot of people know of the existence of the Piscis uh, sete, the, the first one of Aphrodite, in which he looks absolutely nothing like his his current his actual no. final design. I think I, think I mentioned we... this when we, we when we talked about the when we talked about the episodes where Aphrodite was introduced. But it is interesting to see that the, the, how how this actually came to be, because it has to do with the fact that because the production of the figures was very much on point at the same time simultaneously as both the manga and the anime were going, a lot of those designs needed to be done before both the anime and the and the figures got an, uh, got, got actually released because they needed to make the announcements and they didn't, they needed to start working on them. And it, it's been revealed that, uh, well, we, people have come to see that uh, Pisca Saint, uh, <laughs> where they have the buff, uh, dark-skinned Aphrodite. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that just looks absolutely nothing like the final design. Uh, but that's probably because even Kurumada himself didn't really know how the final designs of uh, Aphrodite, and for, and, for the, and for that matter, Shura, were going to be uh, back in the day. The very first appearance of, of the 12 gold saints, uh, minus uh, the young form of Doko, appeared on a poster that got released on on Shonen Jump number 40, which was published on September 1st, 1987. In that poster, uh, you see the 12 gold saints, uh, albeit uh, obviously we get to see like the mysterious quote-unquote version of Gemini Saint, as well as the quote-unquote mysterious version of the Capricorn, as well as the Pisca Saint, because they hadn't appeared on the story uh, at the time. So even though the 12 saints appear, the this, the final designs for Shura and Aphrodite still were not completely decided on Kurumada's head. That's why they look a little bit off. Especially what, with Shura, mostly his hair. And with Aphrodite, he actually looks a, a bit closer to what that sete ends up looking like. Like a bit more buff, less a bit more masculine instead of more the more I mean, feminine uh, features that he has in, in the end. Also, I could, I could see too, uh, like if they were looking at the design and they said like, they looked at his hair and like, you know what, let's make that to a helmet. That's probably the reason why they 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 ended up doing it like that, because I think I, I forgot what magazine that said they got released in, but it was basically to announce the the one of the figures that was upcoming. I think it was one of the original vintage figures, or it could have been one of the plasma, the ones that were kind of like a painted yourself kind of figures mm -hmm. that they were also releasing at the time. But it was one of the toys. But basically, yeah, it, it, if you're wondering why those things exist in the first place, it mostly has to do with the, the very, very tight <laughs> and very, what I would assume to be a demanding schedule for, for the production of, of, of the toys as, as well as the anime and, and the manga back then. Now, one thing I want to ask. Yes. Did they at least have the designs of the cloth? Yes, because that, that's uh, because that's what Kurumada had to give them in order for them to okay. actually, actually start working on it. But okay. as you can see, certain details kind of like ended up being left out in the beginning. Because, for example, you can see that it has the it, it lacks the like the fish uh, parts that has like on the bottom of the near the knee near the ankles mm -hmm. for the leg protections. So, like, even though they had the design, I, I suppose that some of the details got uh, a po a polished by Kurumada later. So, yeah. That's why I figure it's like you know, like like because I because I, I, I think we did discuss this where it's like some of these like like the, literally they kind of like had to like like I think some of some of these designs they, they like literally had to like get out the door without like second thought and they and also a lot of these times so a lot of times 
a lot of the images, a lot of a lot of times, a lot of the um, art, a lot of the a lot of clots look kind of look kind of wonky compared to like the stuff that we actually eventually how they would appear on the TV show, or even the TV TV would look so wonky and then like later on it get revised through the toy. I think with like I think this ended up happening when we were discussing um, Asgard when we were discussing Asgard and the Odin cloth and how drastically different the Odin cloth looks from the actual from its appearance on the TV show to the actual toy. When we saw the toy, yeah, like like I suppose that it's that type of thing that those are the beautiful aspects of about production or in this case pre-production, production, and and post-production that the the final. The, the viewers or the final consumer doesn't really get to see or they don't really particularly care too much for it unless people go out of their way to try to find this information. Mm-hmm. So is, is there anything else? Yes, I think I, I want to finish with one last uh, fact that it's kind of interesting that, because it still, in a way, affects the series even to this day because it's one of those mysteries that will probably never get resolved, but it's interesting to speculate about. Okay, the, the last uh, piece of trivia that I'd like to finish with is, okay, we know for a fact that uh, the Athena's army, the Saints of Athena, are composed of 88 fighters, correct? Mm-hmm. Okay, even though uh, the 80 Saints of Athena are supposed to be represented by the 88 constellations, which are currently, uh, by, the eight, uh, by, by, by the 88 constellations, which are their protectors, uh, one thing that I've noticed is that Kurumada has stated that not all of the currently recognized uh, constellations, recognized officially by the International Astro Astronomical Union, not all of these uh, are usable in his story. An example, examples of these are the microscope, the compass, and the air pump uh, constellations. Obviously, they have different uh, Latin and scientific names, uh, but uh, basically that's what they are. There are modern, relatively modern objects that God... Uh, recognized as a part of the official constellations one one fact about constellations themselves is that throughout the throughout history the official constellations tend to change uh, depending on what people decide at the time so the the current ones the 88 that are officially recognized as of today as of the making of this video because goodness knows what the future of the parts uh, not all of those can be used into the story because it'd be it'd be very weird to see a, a saint of the microscope <laughs> fighting the armies of 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 the Greek gods, so to speak, and and one workaround, uh, one workaround uh, for this, and something that Kuruma has done, even though he hasn't really uh, gone specifically into detail about it in any interview that we've been able to find, is there is a, a cloth or there is a saint that kind of shows how he gets his workaround and how, as to how this could work for there to be eighty-eight saints in his army, in Athena's army, and that is the Cerberus uh, constellation. Uh, because you remember one of the silver saints, uh, the one yeah. of the one that Dante. fights, uh, yeah, Dante of Cerberus. That is that constellation is actually now considered an extinct constellation. It used to be a constellation. I don't remember it one century, and then it got replaced. So, but he decided to use that into his story because that actually fits m much better into the story he's currently telling. Yeah. So very likely, uh, out of all the 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 constellations that are left, because as of as far as the story has gone, counting next dimension uh, as of today, there have only been thirty nine constellations or thirty nine uh, clots of Athena's army to have been officially revealed in the story in Kurumada's story. That mm. leaves forty five constellations left up to speculation. 
Yeah, and there's some, there is some wacky ones here. If we're going by today's, if we're going by today's, like you know, if we're going by today's standards, you have here the the painter's easel. You have the furnace, the carpenter's square, the triangle, the octant, the navigator, the navigator's uh, instrument. Um, we got the Mensa, the actual the, the actual Mensa from, uh, from from South Africa, the microscope, the uh, let's see, that, that makes sense. That makes Air sense. pump. The, yeah, the. The, well, depending on the clock, maybe that can also work. The furnace, the furnace, the one that I, I, I had to hold, I had to hold back as I'm looking at this one because I was like, oh my god, who wants, to, who wants to be the, who wants to be the saint of, of the, of the furnace? Well, but that's the thing, right? Because, uh, like some of, like some of them are completely out of the question, but some could theoretically work if Kurumada adapts it into his story. Because, uh, what? Okay, I'm not going to, I'm not going to spoil anything right now. But one of the clots uh, of one of the silver clots that refers to a constellation that theoretically is a bit more modern and that has nothing to do with Greek mythology, Kulumada gave it a spin in his story that serves, uh, that has a mythological background in the Saint Seiya universe. So, mm. a furnace is not something that's out of the question, considering that, for example, you have Hephaestus, like, the, that was the god of, of furnaces and of, uh, oh god, I forgot, the, the black, black, uh, blacksmithing? Of blacksmithing. Mm. So, like, it wouldn't be, like, too crazy to adapt. Like, Kurumada could take some of those that are maybe a little bit far-reached and, you know, pull something... I'm sorry for the expression, but he could simply pull something out of his ass to, to give it an explanation for it to fit in the Saint Seiya universe. But yeah. it, you, it would kind of have to be of uh, coming from his mind official to see which one. Because obviously, I, I specifically stated that 39 have been shown in his story. So this encompasses the Saint Seiya manga and Next Dimension. But a lot of those, uh, there have been a lot of saints shown in the spin-offs, in Lost Canvas, in uh, Saint Yashaw, that are ha like use uh, constellations that haven't been, that haven't appeared in the, in the, in the Kuromada manga. As yeah. I think also I think also episode G has done some of those as well. So that's why I specifically stated in Kuromada's uh, canon. But okay. you never know, and and we'll probably never get an answer for this because he, most likely we will never see like that specifically mentioned anywhere. I mean, never say never, but it's very unlikely for that to happen. All right. Yeah. 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 It's, but yeah. I, yeah. I, I. I can. I can see them implementing like some of these. Some of these later on, but it's like it. But I. I but it would be interesting. But like you know. Like you know, whatever Kuromata has cooked up, man, or whatever whoever else has been cooked up with, with these constellations, I would like to see them try. I like to see them try some of the more wackier ones. Yep. Anyways, um, is that is that all? Is there, is there anything else that you want to bring up? That's all the information that I have gathered for now. Obviously, there is much more trivia out there, but that is all that I have for this particular episode. Alrighty then. Um, yeah, because like there there is so much, and like I said, like even I had to contribute a little because like <laughs> like because like I know some of the facts. Like I said, like the the, the Shadow Saint one was like, like, was that part of that stuff? And so I had to make sure, like you know, I had to make sure as well, like with a lot of it as well. So, um, so if you're wondering a lot about all these images, um, you guys pass it pass it along to me, and I'm gonna post these images on our Discord. So be on the lookout. So you wanna check out more information about the about, about what we were discussing? We can, you can check out that information on our Discord where we have a we have a gallery where you can where all that stuff is going to be published. With that said, we all we with that said we would encourage everybody to check out our Discord because that Discord has so much stuff that um you know will have so much information. We also want to hear, hear from the fans as well. So um you find out you can find that link on our you can find the link in our show notes. But yeah, well you know I think it's time for us to go. Because do you have anything you would like to promote? Uh yeah, if I am currently working on a very special illustration 
to I can I think I can reveal what it is going to be. It's an illustration of Seiya to celebrate his upcoming birthday on December first. Uh, so I'll be posting that illustration on my social media, on Twitter, on my Twitter, which is at MexicanGeek502, as well as on my Instagram, which is uh, CraterisBenjas. Uh, uh, once, once that date comes, because I am very close to finishing it, uh, I do intend to continue uh, working on the illustrations afterwards. I have a couple of ideas uh, after that, but I'll, but I'll get to those once I finish this particular one as well as other projects that are still on the oven, but hopefully I'll be able to give more details in the future about them. So please uh, be sure to to check my social media for any of information on that. On, on that. Th that's all I'd like to promote for the moment. All right. Um, as for me, I have another podcast, the Saturday Morning Squad, and we just went through the year 2000, the last episode, and oh boy, there was a lot of stuff in the year 2000 that we, had, that we, that, that, that we didn't even hit the surface yet of a lot of stuff. We saw, we talked about a lot of it, but like there is still so much that we can discuss. So there might be another episode down the road where we discuss the year, where we discuss the year two thousand. But you can you can find that you can find that through our show notes. Um, again, we have our Discord, we have our we have our on Twitter, we have our um, we also have our Blue Sky. You can find those links on our show notes as well. We also put we also put the uh, the show also on Twitch, which is twitch.tv/slramsey84. Um, again, that address is L Ramsey's eighty four. Not only do I, not only do you, not only can you participate in our like live streams when we record our episodes, but we also too do like I also do it myself. I do a lot of streams, like you know, I do a lot of like reaction streams of old TV shows. I play a lot of video games. I do a lot of model kit streams. I do a little bit of everything. So if any of that stuff gets your attention, you know, please give me a follow at twitch.tv/lramsey84, and also it will be on our show notes. Unfortunately, Jackie is not with us. Unfortunately, she had to like she she had to like step out. But you know, um, but uh, she just but you know, but for her, but for Bankas and for myself, I am Ramses. This, this has been the Saint Cloud Cosmocast, and I will see you all next time. Keep bringing that cosmos, everybody. I'll see you next time. Bye. Goodbye. <laughs>